What makes Good Friday so good? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because I think it's something that every Christian should understand. And I also believe that if non-Christians understood it, they'd become Christians. I really do. Good Friday, it's also known as Holy Friday. Uh, It's the Friday immediately preceding Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, celebrated traditionally as the day on which Jesus was crucified. Assuming that Jesus was crucified and died on a Friday, Here's the point. Should Christians remember Jesus' death by observing Good Friday? Sounds like a weird question, doesn't it? But the Bible does not instruct Christians to remember Christ's death by honoring a certain day. The Bible does give us freedom with regard to matters like this. For instance, in Romans 14, it tells us, One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Ah, so what do you think? A little controversy regarding the observance of Good Friday? Well, I would say it like this. Rather than remembering Christ's death on a certain day, once a year, the Bible instructs us to remember Christ's death by observing it on a more regular basis. And we do it by observing the Lord's Supper. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24, where he declared by revelation that Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. Do what? Take the bread, take the cup, as symbols of his offering of himself for the sins of the world. And Jesus said, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Paul said that. So, yes, of course we observe Good Friday, but we observe the death of Christ more than once a year. It's not like Christmas where... We observe the birth of Christ once a year on Christmas, right? But his death, we observe it every time we participate in the Lord's Supper. Every time. And God doesn't tell us how often to do it, but he does tell us to do it often. Okay? He doesn't tell us how often, but he says do it often. Because that's how we remember the sacrifice of Christ. So, back to my question, why is Good Friday referred to as good? I mean, think about it. What the Jewish authorities and the Romans did to Jesus, that was definitely not good. He was arrested, mocked, spit upon, punched, whipped, tortured. His beard was ripped out of his face, crucified. But however... The results of Christ's death are very good. What makes Good Friday good is not what they did to Jesus, but what Jesus did for us. Romans 5.8 says, 
but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. This is how we know God loves us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Peter said in 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So question, if Jesus died for the sins of the world and those that accept him can have those sins forgiven, what does it mean to accept him as your personal savior? Do you think everybody that says they have, they really understand what it means? Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? To properly understand this question, you must first understand the terms Jesus Christ, personal, and Savior. Okay? Who is Jesus Christ? Many people acknowledge Jesus Christ as a good man, a great teacher, even a prophet of God. But these things... As true as they are of Jesus, they do not fully define who he truly is. The Bible tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh, God in human form, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's John as a witness to Jesus Christ's life. God, in Christ, came to earth to teach us, to heal us, to correct us, to forgive us, and to die for us. Jesus Christ is God. He's the Creator. He's the Sovereign Lord. So the big question is, do you believe in this Jesus? Not just Jesus the prophet or the spiritual leader, but do you believe in Jesus, God in fleshly form, God in human form, that came to die for the sins of the world? That's the basis of salvation. Secondly, what is a Savior? And why do we need a Savior? First of all, this is why we're all born in sin, right? We all have a sin nature. Even the Catholic Church calls it original sin. They got that right. We all have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature has separated us from God. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned. And we've all committed evil acts. Not only do we have a nature that has separated us from God, we have acts of sin that have driven us even further from God. As a result, we're alienated from the life of God, and we are under judgment, condemnation. Paul said, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus Christ came to earth. He died in our place. Jesus' death was an infinite payment. For our sins. Want a scripture? Second Corinthians five twenty one. 
Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. Jesus paid the price so that we would not have to. By the way, we couldn't anyway. And then his resurrection from the dead proved that his death was sufficient to pay the penalty for our sins. That is why Jesus is the one and only Savior. Are you trusting this Jesus as your Savior? That's the question. See, a lot of folks claim a head knowledge. Oh, yes, I know Jesus. I believe in him. But no, do you trust him as your Savior? The third question I have today, is Jesus your personal Savior? And like I said, you know, many people view Christianity as attending church, performing rituals, or even not committing certain sins. Well, I don't do those things, so that makes me a Christian. That is not Christianity. On Easter Sunday, churches will be booming with people that haven't been there since Christmas. Does that make them Christian? Obviously not. And they'll show up on on Easter Sunday, and they'll come back on Christmas. That is not Christianity. True Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Walking with him, here it comes, every day. Accepting him as your personal Savior means placing your own personal faith and trust in him, not in yourself, not in what you can do, and not in someone else's faith. No one is saved by the faith of another person. A lot of husbands have spiritual wives, but they're deadheads. And they think the faith of their wife will get them into heaven. Ain't going to happen. We will all stand and fall before God on our own. So men, it's time to get some guts and get your own faith. No one is forgiven also by doing certain deeds. Our good works fall short of salvation. The only way to be saved is to personally accept Christ as your Savior. Trusting in his death as the payment for your sins, and then his resurrection as your guarantee of eternal life. So the question, is Jesus personally your Savior? That's the question. And that's why we acknowledge Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that Jesus laid it all on the line for us. He endured the most excruciating of treatments. So we could have a personal relationship with him. That's what makes it good. What he did for us. What I want to do for you, I know that when I talk about the Hope Club, we say join the Hope Club. And we send you an email Monday through Friday to build your faith. I want to share with you today's Hope Club devotional because it's about Good Friday. And I want you to have a true understanding of what it means in the depth of God's love by seeing the significance of what Christ did. So this is today's devotional from the Hope Club. And those that support the Hope Club weekly receive these devotionals. And if you don't, and you'd like to receive them, 
or go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, and all the information is there. And this is a sample of what you will receive Monday through Friday. It's so important. And of course, now it won't play. So I'm going to keep talking so I can get it to play. Okay? I want you to see today as a holy, solemn day. The holiest day of your life if you accept Christ as your Savior. Will you do that? Here we go. Today's Good Friday devotional. On this Friday in the Hope Club, I'm going to wrap up the last things that Jesus said from the cross, completing the work of salvation for the sins of the world, benefiting those who would believe. To show his human nature, as Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, I'm thirsty. Showing that it was his humanity that was suffering. And by the way, he suffered willingly. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down and I pick it up willingly. So he, he willingly did this for us. So in John 19, 28, after he gave his mom to John and John to his mom, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I am thirsty. And they tried to give him sour wine to drink, but he wouldn't take it. He wouldn't take it because it was an ancient pain reliever. It was an ancient Tylenol. He wouldn't take it. He wouldn't take anything to dull the pain that he was experiencing. And the greatest pain was yet to come. And that was when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And again, for the first time in the existence of Jesus Christ, fellowship with his Father was broken. He never cried out in pain all the time he was on the cross. But when his father turned his back on him and judged him for the sins of the world, he cried out, Father, where are you? Where are you? You have forsaken me. You have left me. You have deserted me. You know, Jesus, was a, he was the loneliest man in the world, hanging on a cross, suspended above the earth. The earth didn't want him. Below heaven, heaven didn't want him. Completely alone. Atoning for our sins. And then God brought the darkness. And darkness covered the earth. I guess it was a private matter between the Father and the Son. As the Father chastised the Son for our sins. That chastisement. Paul said the chastisement of him fell upon us. Our chastisement fell upon him. He took it for us. And thankfully, he got to a point where he said something that made our salvation effectual. Because if we didn't get to this point, everything that Jesus did up until now would have been of no value. 
But he said those words that completed the action. And you know what those words were? It is finished. In John 19.30, he said, It is finished. The work of salvation has been accomplished. The human race has been saved. At least those that believe. And though it's not the majority, it's a lot. Sadly, it's not the majority of humanity. Because Jesus said, the road is wide and broad that leads to destruction. Many go that way. The road that leads to life is straight and narrow only if you find it. But that few is still a large number. And then Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He said, I know I'm coming home. You sent me here with a mission. I accomplished the mission. It is finished. And I'm coming home. And then he gave up his spirit. And in his, in his humanity, he died. Oh, but death couldn't keep him in the grave. Oh, no. That's why we have Easter. Resurrection Sunday. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Demonstrating to us that there's a resurrection that waits for those that believe. He's the first fruits, and we will follow. So though Jesus finished the work of salvation on the cross, his resurrection was the, the, the finality. It finalized it, finalized the defeat of Satan as well. So now on our part, we don't fear the devil. We don't fear anything he can do. Jesus Christ has given us the victory. He defeated Satan and he defeated public enemy number one, death. We don't die. Our body goes on the ground, our soul and our spirit goes to be with the Lord. And at the resurrection, our body will be reunited with our soul and our spirit. All because of Jesus. Can you see why he's under attack today? Because evil doesn't want that. Evil doesn't want people to know what Christ has done. But we know. And we want to tell others. We want to tell others that there's salvation in no other name with the name Christ Jesus. And we want to live that life. We want to live a life as a person that knows God and we're thankful for what he did. I'll tell you what, there's no better decision, there's no greater decision that someone can make than to commit their life to God. Say, God, I, I know I need a Savior. I know that Jesus came and what he did for me. You know, you think about the disciples, right? Would they die for a lie? They were all martyred. Would you die for a lie? For something that was fabricated? No, you'll die for the truth. But you wouldn't die for a lie. So think about it. If you truly, and maybe you don't know where you stand with God, maybe you're hoping, oh, I'm okay. 
If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, simply admit to God that you recognize your sinful nature and you are not only in need of a Savior, but you also have a desire to have a relationship with that Savior. Because I think believing is not, okay, I believe and walk away. I think believing is, yes, I want Christ in my life and I want to walk with him every day. And the finished work on the cross can save you from spiritual death, total alienation from God, eternal alienation from God. And you don't want that? No, no. So you you talk to God. You know, when we talk to God, you know what we call it? A prayer. A prayer isn't necessarily something memorized. A prayer is conversation. And it's a simply, it's a way to express to God your faith in Christ and thank Him for providing for your salvation. You would, you would say something like, God, I know I need a Savior and I'm under judgment. And I believe that Jesus Christ, He took that judgment, the one that I deserved. And I believe that Jesus Christ is God and came in the flesh and died for me. So I'm putting my faith in him so I could receive forgiveness. I'm receiving your offering of forgiveness. And I'm laying aside any works I could do, any religiosity I could offer. And I'm coming to you just in faith as I am. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and I thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. Amen. That's it. You know, when the Apostle Paul was in a dungeon, and the angel came to set him free, and all the the gates swung open, and the jailer thought he had escaped and he was going to kill himself because the Romans would anyway, for letting the prisoners escape. And Paul said, no, do yourself no harm. And the guy was so moved by Paul, he said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. And this goes for your whole household. And what he's saying is, if everybody in the family accepts Christ as Savior, you'll all be saved. You'll all have eternal life. And you'll spend eternity with God. And how is that made possible? Through what took place on Good Friday, 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ submitted himself to the hands of evil men. Oh, they had their way with him. They had their way. They made sport of him. And you know what? He took it. He took it because he had his mind on the mission. He knew that suffering was part of the mission. He lived with the statement that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That means in eternity past, he already knew. He would come. He would join the human race through receiving a human body. And he will come and he would atone for the sins of the world, and he would receive the judgment from God his Father. 
It's called a substitutionary death of Christ. He was our substitute. And that means that a potential was made for all people all over the world in every time frame to be saved, to be forgiven by God. So the question is, what will you do with it? You know, sadly, a lot of people in their pride, they say, ah, I don't need that. I'm all right. Well, if they did some honest soul searching, they'd realize they're not all right. See, people hide behind their pride. They hide behind their independence and even their insecurity to resist the Savior. And maybe this is you. You know, there's a lot of things to resist in life, but there's one thing you don't want to resist, the Lord Jesus. No, because he offers you something. He offers you eternal life. No one else can offer that life, and there's no other way to get it. What did Jesus say about himself? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but through me. That's it. He lays it on the line, and he says, listen, I can't make it any simpler. I'm telling you what it's all about. Get on board. That's all. Get on board. Come on. I'm the one. Who else offers you what I offer you? No one. You know what? It's a it's a no-lose, win-win situation. It really is. If you accept Christ, you've got everything to gain. But if you don't, you've got everything to lose. And that's a big loss. What makes Good Friday so good? Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He made a way for us to get back to God. He did it by offering himself on a Roman cross of crucifixion. And those that believe would have everlasting life and they would never perish. This is the message. This is the message of the Hope Club. That's why, like I said, you can get a beautiful devotional every day and you can support this ministry for $3 a week so these messages can continue to go out and give people hope. We're in 31 countries. People are hungry for the Word. I think they're more hungry for the Word in other parts of the world than they are in America. That's why we need to be out there. Go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar. It's all there. Have an incredible, observant Good Friday celebration and a very, very happy Resurrection Sunday.